Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of NFL Study Hall. My name is Kate Chumslin, getting you the quick recap of Week 2, and we're going to go into the preview of Week 3. I realized today, and I don't know how many of my college brethren are listening to me right now, but... We are getting closer to our first kind of big projects week, and I am absolutely stacked in homework. So I'm not going to be able to have enough time to record a separate episode on Friday, which means we're doing everything all at once right now, condensing it into one episode, week two recap, week three preview. And this is how we're going to run it. How we're going to run it is, sorry, I just saw my friend through the window. Love this podcast room, by the way. Thank you so much to uh, PBA uh, communications department and uh, so cinematic and sports broadcasting department. They do a great job down here. But anyway, I'm sorry for the distraction. I'm going to recap each game and preview each game in a minute flat. So I got a timer right here, and I'm going to go through each game in one minute and preview each game. We'll take a small break in between just to let you know what's going on. But this episode should take only around 30 minutes because we're just we're going to pound through these things, and you will hear a ding when we switch into the next game, I'm not going to preview anything. We're just going to straight up dive right through them all, right? Okay, so we are going to start in three, two, one. Now, the biggest game on Sunday was definitely the Miami Dolphins versus the Baltimore Ravens. Huge, epic comeback. Tua throwing out an amazing stat line with six touchdowns, 36 of 50, four 169 yards. And let's be honest, guys, it was a rough game starting out for the Miami Dolphins. This was all Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson putting up an equally impressive stat line, 21 of 29, 310, or 318, three touchdowns. And then he rushed for 119 yards and a touchdown. Both these quarterbacks putting on a show. The receiving duo in Miami is legit. Tyree Kill with 190 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Waddle with 171 yards and two touchdowns. I think the Dolphins are legit playoff contenders in the AFC. I think the Buffalo Bills are a little bit better when it comes to their division, but I like them. Ravens, I hope they get back into it. Their defense in secondary definitely blew it from a strategic side, but I think this team still has enough talent. Another impressive comeback came from the Cleveland Browns stadium. The New York Jets pulling off an amazing, impressive comeback at the very, very end to take over the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco getting into his groove there at the end. They were able to also pick up the onside kick. I think the biggest thing to this game was the debate whether Nick Chubb should have run, should have put in his third touchdown of the game there at the end. Now listen, he admits to doing wrong. But I think he did the right thing. Hear me out. I got 26 seconds. You have the score at the time was 23-17. You hit that touchdown to make it 30-17 to with a minute 55. And I think they only had one timeout left. Going up by two scores with left and a minute left. They get that onside kick. They win the game. If not, you were going to punch that touchdown anyways and not run enough times. I think Nick Chubb did the smart decision. The Detroit Lions and the, and the Washington Commanders took it on in forward field, and the Detroit Lions were stoving away a potential comeback from the Washington football team. They were able to win the game 36-27, to and this is two games in a row where the Detroit Lions, I believe, have put up over 30 points in a single game. This offense is rolling. Amon Ross St. Brown is absolutely popping off and is clearly the number one wide receiver in 
in Detroit and possibly making a case for the entire NFL, he's got, I mean, obviously probably not, but like you get what I'm saying. He's getting up there 180 yards and three touchdowns on the season so far, just in two games. Absolutely love what he's doing. Washington Washington has surprised me by how many points they've been putting up per game. This is another solid game for their defense or for their offense in particular. Their defense is just super weak right now. They've got a few interesting upcoming games that I don't know what's going to happen, but I like where they're headed in the right direction. My New Orleans Saints disappointed me hard when they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this defense, both these defense are still legit. This game going into the fourth quarter was a 3-3 ball game and was a 13-3 ball game all the way until four minutes left when Jameis Winston threw a pick six, which was his third interception of the game. This was a classic Jameis Winston game that I thought he had been over with, but honestly, with the with what this man has done in the past and what this uh, what this defense knew he was going to give them, I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm just super disappointed. I really want him to get past that. Will they bounce back? Absolutely. They got an easy upcoming game right now against the Carolina Panthers next Sunday. But you have to fix things up because there no one's going to give you easy touchdowns in the playoff, guys. Now, I know Alvin Kamara was out. But even so, Winston was throwing a bad game. And this Tampa Bay defense is legit. These guys are going to hold anyone down in the National Football League. The New York Giants find themselves 2-0 for what seems like forever when they beat the Carolina Panthers 19-16. Let's be fair, though. These Carolina Panthers are some of the worst teams in the NFL. Baker Mayfield with another horrendous game. Christian McCaffrey unable to get in the end zone in this game. Only had 102 rushes on 15 carries, which honestly... He's pretty good for Christian McCaffrey, but they got to get him in the end zone. This team has got to start scoring points. The New York Giants, second week in a row where they've held off a pretty good running back-led team to only a minimal amount of points. This offense hasn't really been able to generate a ton of points. This is another close game in the teens that they've been able to win. They've got a good matchup this upcoming week against the Dallas Cowboys on a Monday Night Football game. We'll see how they can do against a star-studded defense We'll see how the offenses play up. I'll mention that in a second. But congrats to the New York Giants and the Carolina Panthers are headed in the wrong direction. Baker Fayetteville is not the answer. The one prediction I felt like I did get right this week was the New York uh, New England Patriots taking down the Pittsburgh Steelers in a low game matchup, seventeen to fourteen. Mitchell Trubisky not very show, not showing very much. Najee Harris was unable to get anything going on the ground. New England Patriots defense uh, once again stops a solid rushing attack team last week against Miami Dolphins. This week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and once that happened, Trubisky was not able to get anything going through the air. Only a hundred and sixty-eight. Pass total passing yards. No wide receiver was open in this game. A lot of people calling for Trubisky's head, wanting Kenny Pickett in. I said it when they. Well, I said this when he was called the starter. Trubisky is not the long-term option in Pittsburgh. New England, you're just gonna have to survive. Get this solid defense. Mac Jones needs to find some more open targets. Not a lot happening in the passing game for the New England Patriots, but they'll probably win few of those games against the New York Jets. Pittsburgh Steelers, even though it says they're number one in the division, do not look like a playoff team. The team I am by far most disappointed with throughout these entire first two weeks are the Indianapolis Colts, who took a donut 24-0 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unreal how this team seems to manage how this team 
in the Indianapolis Colts seems to manage to blow it every time they head to Jacksonville. Not a very hard place to play outside of it being south in Florida. But seriously, Matt Ryan with three interceptions and no touchdowns, almost less than 50% of his passes completed. Jonathan Taylor with nine carries. Are you serious? Jacksonville got off hot early in the first half, meaning that Indianapolis was going to have to do something desperate. They could not. Nobody was there for Matt Ryan, and the defense was everywhere for Jacksonville. James Robinson has sure proven himself as the number one running back. I like how Jacksonville handled themselves this week, and Indianapolis is in a tough place. The Los Angeles Rams were able to stove off the Atlanta Falcons in a 31-27 matchup that almost resulted in a semi-comeback to the Super Bowl when the Falcons will lost a 28 to 3 battle this time the score was 28 to 3 and they got it back to 27 to 31 listen this Los Angeles Rams team needed this game to really get back in gear Matthew Stafford still didn't look his best had two interceptions in this game rushing tack really wasn't there Cooper Cup still had a phenomenal game with 108 yards and two touchdowns this Atlanta offense it took them so long to get going but eventually I liked what they were able to do Drake London has been a perfect target for Marcus Mariota right now Still would love to get Kyle Pitts more into the lineup. He didn't have very many yards this game. Los Angeles Rams are having a decent matchup next week against the Arizona Cardinals, who are coming off a big win. The Atlanta Falcons, interesting matchup between the Seattle Seahawks, where they might be able to get their first dub next week, like where both of these teams are going. Speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, they were able to come back down to earth when the San Francisco 49ers took care of them at home. 27-7. Huge storyline in this game. Train Lance goes down with an injury. He will be out for the rest of the regular season. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, absolutely lights up the place. Immediately pointing up, putting up points in the second quarter and ultimately throwing one rushing touchdown and or <laughs> nice oxymoron there. Ultimately rushing for a touchdown, and throwing for a touchdown. He wasn't perfect, but there was definitely a different energy when he was on the field. This is the old San Francisco team that we saw go to the Super Bowl, and if they can keep this momentum going, their, their defense is playing spectacular. Their offense just needs to generate enough points. And with a struggling-ish Los Angeles Rams team, this, my friend, could be very good for the San Francisco 49ers. Another team that seems to be struggling at the start of 2022 is the Cincinnati Bengals, who lost again to the Dallas Cowboys 20-17. This time, it was a blown lead instead of coming back. The Dallas Cowboys, actually, I take that back. This was Dallas all the way. The Cincinnati Bengals, once again, having to come from behind. And to be fair, they were able to tie this game back up. Joe Burrow looked like his old self um, they were able to really get things going late in this game. It's just, it is hard right now to be a Bengals fan. Joe Burrow is putting up minimal numbers. Jamar Chase is nowhere to be found. And the Dallas Cowboys defense, man, I've heard so many people say Micah Parsons is the greatest, best player in the entire National Football League. I am not willing to say that after week two of a second year, second year man defensive player who didn't even win the Defensive Player of the Year award last season. Give me some more weeks on this before you put him best in the entire NFL. Sticking around in the afternoon games, my Houston Texans almost pulled up the upset against the Denver Broncos. Listen, my team, this is a terrible look for your offense. Davis Mills, 19 of 38. Ugh, 177 yards and no 
passing touchdowns. Damian Pierce did a nice job on the run game, 15 carries, 69 yards. Would love to get him more implemented into the offense. But Houston, their defense is putting up some serious numbers against some really good offenses, holding Russell Wilson to 14 of 31, putting a pick on him, a few sacks in this game. I mean, this defense was phenomenal in Denver. But Houston, that offense has got to come around. I'm very sad because I bought a Davis Mills jersey over the summer, and at the rate we're going right now, that jersey may not be good by the end of the season. For the Broncos, I mean, this offense just has to get rolling. Javante Williams has to get more involved. Uh, Russell Wilson's really got to gel with this new team way faster if they want to even try to compete in this division. Moving over to, well, sticking in the AFC West with the Las Vegas Raiders and the NFC West with the Arizona Cardinals, the Raiders, Raiders blow an absolutely massive 20-0 lead late in this game and ultimately lose in overtime to the Arizona Cardinals. Listen, I had high, high hopes for this Las Vegas Raiders team, and they do not disappoint me as much as the Indianapolis Colts, but you have got to be able to finish games like you did in the regular season last year. This Arizona Cardinals team is not a great football team. Kyler Murray literally scrambled for his life to win this football game. Devontae Adams, two catches for 12 yards, had that one touchdown on the one-yard line. But guys, you have to be able to get to more people if you're the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs needs to be more productive. 19 carries for 69 yards. That's just over three yards per attempt. There has got to be more. 23 points is not enough for you to hang with the AFC offenses that are in your division. Final game on Sunday night, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, exactly how I thought this game was going to happen. Green Bay gets off to a hot start, holds them off in the end. Chicago Bears have zero offense to work with. Justin Fields, 7 of 11. Your main quarterback, your star quarterback, you draft in the first round, is throwing 11 times what is that? This offensive scheme is absolutely terrible. They're relying too much on David Montgomery to win them ball games. It does not happen against the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers with a clean game. Aaron Jones huge with a receiving touchdown and 132 rushing yards. These offenses will slowly make their way, but Aaron Rodgers realized he had to go to his bread and butter, who has been there for years past and years to come. Aaron Jones was a key man for the Packers, and he might need to be next week when they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Headed over to Monday Night Football, where we Monday Night Football, where we saw some serious blowouts go down on the AFC side and the NFC side. Buffalo Bills going forty-one to seven over the number one ranked AFC team last year, the Tennessee Titans. This is probably the worst Tennessee Titans team I have seen in, in the Derrick Henry era. It's been absolutely horrendous to watch. First against the Giants, now not even putting up enough points against the Bills to make it a twenty-seven point game. It was just sad to watch, guys. Buffalo Bills in their first two games, they have played two games against former playoff teams, and they've won by a total margin of 55 points. That is an NFL record. They are on a historic run right now. I do not see a single team that comes close to take on the Buffalo Bills in the regular season or in playoff times. This is the team to be, no doubt. I'm talking undefeated record is on the table for Buffalo. Finally headed over to that to that NFC side, Philadelphia Eagles versus Minnesota Vikings. That game I thought was going to be great going into it with two teams 1-0 and oh, and leading their division. They still are leading their division because the Minnesota Vikings still have a win over the Green Bay Packers, but a really bad-looking loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, 24-7. This was the Eagles right from the gate. 
uh, right from the gate, Jalen Hurts was able to take over, no problem, getting a... Uh, did he have a rushing touchdown this game? Yeah, he did. The first touchdown of the game. Rushing touchdown, actually two rushing touchdowns and a 53-yard passing touchdown to Quez Watkins. This is a great Philadelphia Eagles team. Still hammering in that run game. Jalen Hurts definitely looks more poised in the pocket. Minnesota Vikings, this was a standard Kirk Cousins conundrum in a primetime game. But Dalvin Cook, though, you only had like 18 yards rushing. That needs to come up. Dalvin Cook needs to be a better player in the backfield. Whew. Okay. There's your speed run of all the games that were last week. Now, let's jump into all the games upcoming in week three of the NFL. Start the timer. Here we go. Thursday night football tomorrow night. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. I like Cleveland in this matchup. 27 to 23. Listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had very little happening on offense. They've only been able to put up 17 points in both games when you just consider their offensive points. Their defense is still phenomenal, and I think this will be a lower-scoring game. But Cleveland has shown us to be able to put up points, especially with Nick Chubb, who I think is going to run all over Pittsburgh once again. Jacoby Brissett needs to just do his thing. Amari Cooper had another touchdown in that previous game. I'm going to take Cleveland to get back on the winner's circle in the dog pound. Give me Cleveland 27 to 23. Starting with my Houston Texans taking on a team that is very possible to be in the Chicago Bears. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Texans. I think their offense finally gets rolling. Their defense is absolutely phenomenal against some serious good, we're talking Hall of Fame quarterbacks that they have been able to absolutely shut down. Justin Fields has had zero help on the passing game for the Bears. The biggest thing that concerns me, David Montgomery is off to a decent start in the rush game, which has historically been our weakness in years past. If Houston can shut down Montgomery, they will hands down win this game because I think Damian Pierce is going to become more of a part in the rush game. We've already seen Chicago has struggled on that side as well. So I do think Houston is able to clean things up and finally get on the winner's circle and at least give them some hope for their fans because Chicago's offense in a really, really bad spot, especially in the division they're in. A game that I thought would be really good going into week three does not look like it's going to be a close matchup at all. It's the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Tennessee Titans. And with the way the Tennessee Titans have played, I'm basically going to take anyone over them at this point, much less the Las Vegas Raiders team that has been able to put up points against the Los Angeles Chargers and a few points against the Arizona Cardinals. Give me Las Vegas 31-24. to Listen, I sense them they're going to get up to an early lead in this game once again. They've just got to be able to hold things down, hold down Derrick Henry, not exactly sure if his injury from last year is still bugging him, but the Las Vegas Raiders were able to hold down a little bit of the Arizona Cardinals rushing attack. It's the air game that really killed them, and I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill coming into this matchup. Give me the Raiders to pick up their first victory of the season and get back to competing in the AFC West. I'm going to take uh, Las Vegas 31-24. to Another game that I thought would be a lot close but definitely, even more than the previous one, will not be. It's another AFC West versus AFC South. Kansas City Chiefs versus Indianapolis Colts. Listen, I want to call this an even bigger blowout than I'm going to because Kansas City's offense is rolling just like they did even with Tyreek Hill. And this Indianapolis offense has found literally zero in anything points-wise, defense or offense. Give me the Chiefs. 
34 to 17. But the potential this game could go, I could see what the Bills did to the Titans last week, where the final score was 41 to 7. There is potential for that deep of a margin because Indianapolis will not be putting up any points against KC, especially in the indoor arena that they have. One of the most anticipated matchups in week three is battles between undefeated AFC East members. It's the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. This game is in Miami, which doesn't make a whole lot of a difference when you talk about the history of the Dolphins and Bills in the recent years since the Josh Allen era. But I think this will be a little bit closer than previous years considering Miami has that dynamic duo of an offense and Tua Tungvaloa looks really good. I'm still taking Buffalo, though. I don't think there's a single defense, no matter how good Miami is going to be able to hold off the offense of Buffalo. No defense is touching this team. 31-20. to I know that sounds like a two-score big margin of victory, but you look at what the Buffalo Bills have done to previous teams. The closest game has been 31 to 10, which was a three-score game. This will be the first team that takes Buffalo down to two scores, but I still like the Bills to, like I said, historic undefeated season is on the table. Mark my words right now, September 21st, there are better odds for the Buffalo Bills to go undefeated than they are to lose three games. To the NFC North, we got Detroit versus the Minnesota Vikings. And even though Detroit has been able to put up a boatload of numbers, the defenses that they've played so far have been the Washington Commanders last week and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Philadelphia, we obviously know, has had a good, has obviously a good defense when you're able to hold up Minnesota to only seven points. But Minnesota also has shown us that they can put up points against good defense when they put up, I believe it was 24, against the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to take Minnesota in this one. I know that Detroit was able to beat Minnesota last year, but I think this offense is a lot more lethal if Dalvin Cook can definitely get something going. And I think their defense has definitely proven stuff in the past. I'm going to take the Vikings in a really close matchup. My most likely bet pick will be for Detroit. I'm going to take the Vikings 28-27. to An AFC rivalry to go down in New England. It's the Ravens versus the Patriots. And uh, sadly, the Patriots' max points this year has been 17. Baltimore Ravens just put up 35 against Miami. I think, my, I think Baltimore is ready to get things going once again. And they've got to be able to get back into the winner's spot. I will take the Ravens in an easy 24-13 to 13 victory. Just get this game by them. You got to, you're looking forward to the tougher matchups. They got Buffalo coming up in a few weeks. They've got to be able to handle some of these harder teams because they just took a huge loss to Miami. Now they've got sort of an easy road matchup. For New England, test yourself. See if you can handle a running quarterback. Your rush defense has been absolutely spectacular so far. J.K. Dobbins is expected to get back in this game. I expect him to play a huge part in this one. So New England needs to focus on him as well. Make sure your cornerbacks are ready. Rashad Bateman has proven himself last week. Now New England needs to see if they can complete the full cycle of their defense. Cincinnati Bengals are taking on the New York Jets and what I thought would be a blowout a few weeks ago, no longer. New York Jets have shown, shown us they can put up some points. Cincinnati has shown up, shown us that they can really give points away and I think this will be a closer matchup than people think. I do think 
that this is Cincinnati's time to shine. I know I said that last week, but I'm going to say it again this week because I think the Jets are better. I think the Jets are worse than the Cowboys. Let's be honest here. The New York Jets have been playing pretty lucky. They got an onside kick last week. They got some blown, blown coverages last week to catch up in that game. That game was never supposed to go to the New York Jets in the fourth quarter. And Cincinnati has shown they can battle back in late in games. I will take Cincinnati to get hot from the start. Get Jamar Chase more involved. This Jets team doesn't really have a huge secondary. 30-20 to 20 is my final score in New York. Now we're going to the NFC East where we got the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Washington football team. And although I've liked the fight in Washington, the completeness of the Philadelphia Eagles gives this one a no-brainer. Give me another huge Jalen Hurts game. Probably a lot of yards coming out of A.J. Brown as well. 35-16 to in one of my few called-out blowouts in Week 3. New Orleans Saints versus North, uh, versus the Carolina Panthers, an NFC South matchup. Look, this is another game, just like Baltimore, New England, for New Orleans to get back on their feet. Jameis Winston needs to slow down, get the ball into his own receiver's hands. We'll see if Alvin Kamara is in this game, but if not, it shouldn't matter. Your offense has been really balanced nice to which receiver you go to. The ball is really getting spread out evenly. Michael Thomas... Uh, Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave are really getting their fair share. It's just got to keep the interceptions down, and this should easily go to the Carolina Panthers. On the Panthers' side, Baker Mayfield's got to be better. Got to play better. That's literally it. Christian McCaffrey can do all he can, and when you know that McCaffrey's all is the only person available, it makes it a lot easier to defend you. And Christian McCaffrey has shown us this year that he cannot carry a team when he needs to. He needs that balance of a passing game. Baker Mayfield hasn't done it in the past. I don't expect him to do it this week. Give me a nice, easy New Orleans victory, 26-13. to 13. One of the farthest matchups geogra- ge- geographically is the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars coming off a big victory over Indianapolis, but I think this is definitely the toughest team they've faced overall. This defense handled themselves nicely against Kansas City. Just an unlucky interception, which kind of cost them the game there at the end. But that Chargers offense is definitely deadly. I think they will be able to... Stuff them from getting to that 30-point mark. And I do have this being a one-score game because I think that Jacksonville is going to be able to score enough. Trevor Lawrence has been clean so far, and James Robinson has been a huge impact in that backfield, just like he was two seasons ago. I still am going to take the Chargers, though, at home, getting themselves a nice victory to go to 2-1. and 28-21, give me the bolts. Los Angeles Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Even though Arizona put up a nice comeback, I think this Arizona, I think this Rams offense is way too balanced for Arizona to be able to shove the ball downfield. Give me the Rams in this one, 27 to 24. I still think this is going to be a close game. Matthew Stafford has not given me enough hope that he's going to be able to dominate a game offensively. He's still got to clean up those interceptions. Arizona still has a relatively decent secondary with Buda Baker back there and have been able to obviously strip the ball as we saw to Las Vegas last week. I think it's going to be a one-score game, nice tight battle. Not as obviously won by the Rams as it was in the wildcard game last year, 
because I think the Rams' offense is a little bit weaker. Their defense is a little bit weaker. But ultimately, in the end, they've got the most experience. I like the Rams in this one in a close one-score game. The battle of the least will go down Sunday afternoon when the Atlanta Falcons go to the Seattle Seahawks for a matchup. And even though Seattle has the one victory this year, unlike Atlanta with an 0-2 record, I like Atlanta's momentum when they were able to put up a close game against New Orleans and make a close comeback against the Los Angeles Rams last week. I think they can get off to a hot start by a Seattle team who just got beat down by the San Francisco 49ers. Big game from Marcus Mariota. Also need to get Mariota in the ground game more. I love his dynamic dynamic nature as a run-pass quarterback that I think they need to utilize more, get Kyle Pitts more in the game. I think uh, Cordell Patterson will have a nice one as well, and Seattle's just not going to be able to handle it in a low-scoring game, 23-20, to giving Atlanta its first victory. Green Bay Packers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the game of the week. By far, no question, another great matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady that will once again go in the favor of Tampa Bay. 20-10. to 10. This will remind me a lot of last week's game versus the New Orleans Saints. Now, maybe not as many interceptions on New Orleans' sides, but that gritty defensive battle where neither offense is really going to be able to do anything until the end where Tampa Bay will ultimately have the depth and the experience to get up to that lead, and then maybe Green Bay will make some mistakes later. Although I do warn Tampa Bay that this is probably the best rushing attack they've faced all season with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Watch out for that, but ultimately, I have been shocked by how this defense is played, and I love what they're doing this year. Give me Tampa Bay in a good win, 20-10. to 10. Two more games left. Sunday night, San Francisco 49ers versus the Denver Broncos. With how Denver's been struggling and now that Jimmy G is taking over the offense in San Francisco, I am very confident in the 49ers taking over this game in Mile High Stadium. Give me the Niners 29-13. I'll call a 16-point margin of victory. Man, you look at that offense with uh, age, um, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo. I know Elijah Mitchell's out, but that defense still has Nick Bosa on it. That secondary is still fantastic. Denver has really been struggling with their offensive line, giving Javante Williams any hole. Russell Wilson hasn't had the chemistry with his offense so far. The most amount of points I think they put up was... 16 in like both games this I think 16 to 17 was Seattle 16 to 9 was Houston Denver has done nothing offense is the hardest defense they've played so far I think the trend is still going to continue give me the Niners easy 16 point victory 29 13 finally a has yeah I can say historic a nostalgic a Oh, the adjectives betray me. It's the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants here, folks. This is in New York, and even though they're the 2-0 team, I'm saying that Micah Parsons is still a solid player. Maybe not best in the entire NFL this year, but he's still looking like a pro bowler already, making his mark for defensive player of the year so far. Clearly the front runner. I'm liking Dallas to stuff the New York Giants this week. Pulling out a victory, another one for Cooper Rush until Dak Prescott gets back. I'm taking the boys from Texas 24 to 20, getting them back to 2 and 1 on the season. Whew. Well, there you go, guys. That was actually a lot of fun. I need to do these a lot more often. That was a blast to start 
ripping off these games. Let me know in the comments if you like these type of episodes, and we'll definitely make them happen more. It's definitely easier on my schedule, but if you guys want a little bit in more in focused analysis let me know for sure thank you guys so much for listening you'll see all these picks coming out on sunday make sure to put your own picks in the story or on twitter please i'm trying to post this twitter account a lot more lately too so have a great night everyone we will talk to you next tuesday on nfl study hall my name has been kate chums and you guys have a great rest of your evening peace out